I wanted to get into this financial freedom where I replaced my nine to five income and I was like super motivated and I'm like, I need to buy real estate. So I learned a lot and I finally started taking action. And by 2017, I purchased my first multifamily property. And eventually by the time I got into the summer, I started making three times rent. And I was like, well, this is amazing. I don't have to wait that 10, 15 years to get that financial freedom from real estate. All of a sudden, within like a less than a year's time frame, I scaled up with 35 units with them doing rental arbitrage. So the big, big moral of the story here is like network, 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 just like everybody always says whenever it comes down to real estate. I love networking events. I love conferences. Just things happen, like not every time, but all it takes is that one time and that can make you for the rest of your life. My strategy was always real estate. I was like, any proceeds I make from this business, I got to put in real estate because one, like you build no equity in this rental arbitrage business, right? Lately, I started creating a personal brand and that's kind of kept me busy now. It gives me productivity and makes me start going to the gym more because I want to look good in these podcasts. It's a good thing to have this type of business because it makes you a better person when you're out. So I like this type of model and I don't know where I'm going to take it, but at least I'm starting now. What is up, everybody? We are back today with another episode of the Fetch It podcast and we have some somebody that is a very special guest on who's in my neck of the woods in Chicago, Syed Latif. Can you introduce yourself, Syed? Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and we're going to dig into your rocking and rolling business that you've got going. Sure, sounds good. Uh, I'll just kick it off with like my elevator pitch. So I am Syed Latif. I'm based out of Chicago. Uh, I run a rental arbitrage business in Airbnb. I have 300 units under management, and I've been in business for seven years. Wow. Holy cow, man. So 300 units. So where are those all? Uh, are they mostly in Chicago or do you have units kind of all over the place? So I, I'm in multiple markets, but majority of my portfolio is in the Midwest. And uh, I started my business in Chicago. So many of my units are in Chicago. Gotcha. Very nice. So how long ago did you start this up? Because I mean, like a lot of people, 300 units, man, that's like getting into the upper echelon. That's like the one percent of the one percenters. So we got to yeah. dig in a little more. Yeah, I could kick it off and tell you a little about my story and how I started. Yeah. So this was back in like 2016, 2017. Uh, I listened to a lot of bigger pocket, bigger pockets podcasts, and I was all over the forums. Mm. And I wanted to get into like f this financial freedom where I replaced my nine to five income. I, I listened to the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, and I was like super motivated. And I'm like, I need to buy real estate. So. I learned a lot and I finally started taking action. And by 2017, I purchased my first multifamily property. It was a four unit plus basement. I used the low money down loan like FHA financing and I lived in one of the units. And then after my year was up, I put that unit that I lived in on Airbnb. And that's when it was like a light bulb moment. I started making like two times rent. And eventually by the time I got into the summer, I started making three times rent. And I was like, well, like, this is like amazing. Can this work in every single one of my units? So it was up for renewal during that time. And I put those units on also on Airbnb and each one of them was making that two to three times rent. So that's when it's like, okay, hey, like this is like um, something that I can um, like do for full time. I don't have to wait that 10, 15 years to get that financial freedom from real estate. Maybe I um, leave my job now and do this full time. So you know, it was like four months into doing Airbnb. I went, went to my manager and I was like, hey, listen, like, I'm going to give you my one month's notice. Uh, and they came back to me and said, like, can you stay part time for the remainder of the year? And I said, sure. You know, if I keep my benefits. And then finally, Jan 1, 2018 is when I was full time 
in my Airbnb management business. And at that time, uh, I started looking into like um, SEO and creating a website and all that just so I could, you know, get leads. Uh, but there was not a lot of competition in the SEO space for, you know, Chicago Airbnb management. So like it took me like one month and I went up to like number one. Right. And leads started coming in and I started closing on deals. I'm like, wow, like I'm like the smartest guy right now. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm making a lot more money than I, I was making working my nine to five. Um, and then uh, I unfortunately got into a partnership with somebody um, from in a management type agreement that uh, was not what I was expecting. I spent a lot of time onboarding them and giving them a plan of uh, like how to fix their units because they already had uh, 20 units in their portfolio at the time I had 10. So it was like, you know, 2x, 3x, whatever it was to increase my business. Um, and then, you know, one month in of that business business transaction that I did with them, uh, they ended up saying that this is not working out. We need to part ways. Hmm. So that took a, like a toll on me. And I was like, whoa, like, what did I just get myself into? I just wasted four months of my time. And at the same time, my other clients were giving me problems too. It was like almost they were micromanaging me, making me the, their assistant, not happy with like what I was doing. Um, and they would, it's, it wasn't for them. It wasn't about the money. It was like to preserve their furniture or decor or something. They would always complain about something like property management is a, a tough business too. Mm. Um, and then, um, but that was a breaking point where that person like wasted four months of my time and I was like, okay, but I still got to hustle and get, get this done. Uh, I was going to networking events, meeting with other people. And I and there was this one random networking event at a restaurant bar. And somebody in my group was like, you know, we're looking for people to do Airbnb in our buildings. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I never heard anybody say something like that. Your ears perked right up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's strange to say, like, okay, where are your buildings? And then she's like, I work for a management company. We, we have it all over. Um, we have a thousand units. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, can I get your contact information? And I started uh, um, reaching out to their property manager. She was in finance and, you know, he was like blowing me off. Like, like, okay, call back two weeks, call back one week, call back in three weeks. Like he just kept on doing that for a handful of months. And then finally he's like, okay, come in and tell me your proposal. So I started coming in the office and he was kind of fed up with me at the time. Like he's like, all right. Um, it came to a point where he was like, He's like, listen, just I'll put you in the office with the owner and uh, you you guys decide. You guys hash it out. I can't decide for him. So I they put me in a room. He walks in like super alpha male, like did not let me say one word. He just like went off on me. He's like, listen, I'm not looking to get into the Airbnb business. I'm not looking to get in the furniture business. I know one thing. I know how to do one thing. And it's a buy buildings, rehab them. Um, that's what I what I'm good at. So unfortunately, we can't do this. And then I'm like, okay, last ditch effort. I'm like, you know, you have a hundred units vacant right now. Can I just like lease two units and I'll guarantee the rent. I'll furnish it. I'll take on the risk. I won't cause you any problems, but allow me to run my business within those two units. And then he's like, you know what? Like, uh, that's a good idea. I'm able to give you these two units. So, um, that was like the start, you know, Airbnb rental arbitrage. You know, this is right before, like, there was not even a term that represented this arbitrage, like rental arbitrage. You know, I just came up with uh, um, whatever I could to get the deal. And then, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, can I get like two months free up front? You know, I have a lot of startup costs. It's like $10,000 worth of furniture. 
he's like, okay, you know, it's slow season for him anyway. So he's like, all right, take two months free, you know? And then, uh, I recoup like 80% of my startup costs in those two months, you know? Oh. And then, um, I went back to him like a couple months later. I'm like, listen, um, I'm doing good. I'm not causing you problems. Can I take on two more units? He's like, you know, yeah, take these two, you know, he has hundred units vacant at any given time. Right. So, um, and then I went back to him like a couple months later, can I have these four? Yeah. You know, you're doing good. And then like later he ended up giving me an opportunity. Why don't you take these 10? Hmm. And all of a sudden uh, within like a less than a year's time frame, I scaled up with 35 units with him doing rental arbitrage. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. So the, the big, big moral of the story here is like network, 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 just like everybody always says whenever it comes down to real estate. But like, if you wouldn't have had that chance connection with that lady at that real estate meetup, then she introduced you to that other guy who met you or introduced you right. to the next guy, then you were able to actually really break into the business in a huge way. I mean, 35 units in a year. That's yeah. why, man. Yeah. Like I love networking events. I love conferences. I love it. Like you just, things happen. Like not every time. But all it takes is that one time and that can make make you for the rest of your life, you know, and there has been a handful of million dollar meetings that I've had because I've been in a situation where I made a relationship um, and then six months down the line it ended up becoming something. Right. So yeah. um, if you just put yourself out there, start telling people what you're looking for. Don't have any shame. Don't be afraid. Um, present yourself in the right way. You know, have your business card ready on your LinkedIn, show that you're like the owner of the business, not like, uh, hey, I'm a teacher and I'm doing this on the side, you know, show sh like, you know, um, fake it, kind of fake it till you make it, you know, um, yeah. and then things things happen, you know. Well, that's always the funny thing is people, they'll, they'll scoff at, you know, like spending 900 bucks to go to like, you know, HostCon down in Houston. Yoni and I were just at that not too long ago, Rob Abasolo's thing. And, you know, like different, different meetups and stuff like that. Like they, they can't even wrap their head around like spending right. a thousand bucks to go to a conference like that. But Yoni right. and I, we met each other at the very first HostCon. So now me and him, you know, business partners together, we're going to be building properties together. And so like, like you said, even if you spent, you know, like $3,000 on three different conferences, but then it turned into something that was a 30 year relationship where you built a multi-million dollar business. Like, does that really matter? You know, people right. are so short sighted with that, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. that, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm totally here for the, uh, I was kind of on that ship a little bit in the beginning. I was like, man, I'm not going to, you know, dump a thousand bucks just to go hang out with people. Yeah. You know, I don't want to pay for my friends, quote unquote. That's what everybody always Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, it's 100% worth it yeah. once you start getting in the room with the right people. Right. I've been on both sides too. Like I, I've gotten opportunities like join this mastermind, 5,000, 4,000, yeah. 3, like, you know, sometimes I go back on my word, but like, I'll tell you like the things I've gone through with some of the conferences and people I met is what has made me who I am today. So, you know, I got to remind myself when somebody gives me an offer, you know, to, Hey, maybe it could be a good one. You never know. hundred percent. So, so this is awesome and we definitely agree like we're, we're hyper networkers also um hope you guys can hear me um yeah. my, my the question that i'm wondering is 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 your what is your portfolio comprised of is it all is it mostly arbitrage um deals right now but if it's because if it's spitting out so much cash i would assume that you've done other things also because you're doing so well i'm just curious like um you told us the origin story but let's fast forward a little bit to like to the now what is what yeah. is what is the current, what is your current strategy now? Tell us about the systems. Tell us about the units. Like just hit us with all the good stuff. So now like fast forwarding to 300 units, 
uh, they comprise of, you know, studios to two bedroom, some three bedroom and four bedrooms, but majority of my portfolio are apartment, you know, B minus, maybe C plus, you know, type apartments, you know, the landlord has to be motivated to want it. Like usually a class buildings, a plus luxury stuff um, is like, they don't need help renting it out. You know, it's like high demand for those type of product. So the landlord has to be motivated in somehow, some way to um, have me in there. And, you know, uh, my strategy was always real estate. You know, initially it was always real estate. I was like, any proceeds I make from this business, I got to put in real estate because one, like you build no equity in this rental arbitrage business, right? Uh, you have furniture that's worth $0 once you put the furniture into the unit. And it's, if anything, it's an expense now because you got to take it out and you got to trash it. Uh, my contracts, you know, one year, two years, they really don't mean anything. Uh, there's not too many transactions in the rental arbitrage space. Uh, it, like nobody's selling their rental arbitrage business. You hear one-offs once in a while and who knows the deal behind them. Like I hear it's like zero, zero price um, transactions What they give them some equity in their like, you know, VC back company, which I don't know. Anyways, so it's, there's not that much, you know, value you get from the rental arbitrage space but it could be a cash cow you know you could churn out a lot of money which i have over the years and uh i have purchased you know five properties so far um three multifamily buildings which are you know four unit or less mm -hmm. and then two homes for like my family and my mother-in-law Nice. Um, but the properties that I bought, the three were like before I even scaled up, like um, they were like back when I first started and I was first making cash. But then then I said, OK, you know, um, I think it was 2022. I was like, listen, I'm going to buy three or four more buildings this year. You know, I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to take that money and I'm going to create that like that wealth and that mm -hmm. assets and that equity. Um, and then wait, I'm like, wait, but maybe I should get my real estate license. And I could save on commissions. I could offer what I want to offer. I could be the first one to sh um, uh, view a building. So I started waiting six months to um, like do that. Uh, at the same time, interest rates started rising crazy style. And then prices for real estate started uh, rising crazy style. <laughs> so I was like, what the heck? I wish I didn't do go through this whole like hoopla and did, did all this. And I just ended up buying the um, dang buildings before, you know, because all of a sudden mm. um, I lost on I, I'm now I'm losing, you know. So I missed out on that. And then at the same time, I had cash flow issues in my business. So I had prime summers pent up demand after covid I'm making money that I never made in my life before. And then all of a sudden there was a huge fatigue in my market where people came in the summer and then they were missing in the winter. Hmm. Winter is always bad, but this was like, I started losing money in November. Uh, how did you, how did you deal with that? How did you yeah, handle so that? That's a huge problem. Yeah. I had a lot of reserves from the summer, you know, that money that I was going to spend to buy buildings. Um, I was starting to kind of looking at buildings again. But all of a sudden, November comes. Usually, I take like you know, I take loss in November, but minimal loss. And all of a sudden, I'm taking a three hundred fifty thousand dollar loss in November, and it was like shocking, you know. Um, and that's eating into my like you know, I don't know how much cash I had at the time, one point two million dollars at the time. And all of a sudden, in December, also I take a loss, but all of a sudden I get a three hundred fifty thousand dollar loss again, hmm. and that's eating into my cash. Then January, four hundred thousand dollar loss, 
And then by February, I was negative, you know? So oh um, the, the problem was if I ended up buying real estate, I would have to, had to liquidate at that time because I would need to inject cash back into the business. Yeah. So fortunately I didn't buy it. Yeah. Um, and then I had to do funny things to be able to um, stay alive in the business. Like I had to start delaying my rents for five days. I started putting things on credit cards all over again. I had like 15 credit cards. I maxed them all out. And then I had uh, my utilities I, on auto pay before I took them all off auto pay and I started um, delaying them, you know, mm -hmm. um, waiting for my spring and summer to come back to finally get cash flow positive again. So yeah. uh, finally I did. And that's this awesome. Summer, that's yeah. Yeah. So this summer ended up uh, by June, I was cash flow positive again. And the summertime is where I make all my money. And, um, it, but now this year, my ref, uh, my ref par, I don't know if you're familiar. It's like a metric for like, um, year over year. Um, like my ref par was down from the previous year cause it was pent up demand. So all of a sudden my business is down a, a little bit from a, a unit perspective. Um, and, um, so my confidence level is not there, you know, <laughs> um, and it's like, well, I've, I, I go through things like I go through COVID, I go through, um, you know, pent up demand to like lower than expected demand and then cash flow issues so like my account so all of a sudden i am stay i'm like i'm like scared to do any transaction so i kept all the money to see what's going to happen this november uh fortunately this november so far we're 20 days into november um so i had a three hundred fifty thousand dollar loss last year i was forecasting a hundred and sixty thousand dollar loss in november because i um, reduce some units. I reduced staff significantly because I made a mistake. I could talk to you about the mista uh, mistake I made. Um, and then, um, so I was forecasting $160,000 loss, but now my actuals are trending above my forecast. So now I'm back to this, like uh, I'm now might hit like an $85,000 loss, which is a home run for me. It's like a grand slam for me. Cause now I'm thinking about growth again because my confidence is coming back to me like, hey, OK, you know, I'm not going to be um, this like negative cash flow, credit card, rent laid, doing all this like hoopla. And now I, I understand this. So now I got kind of got to see what December comes in, you know, but like it's I'm feeling on cloud nine to see an eighty five thousand dollar loss. It's crazy to say when somebody's been on cloud nine <laughs> uh, getting eighty five thousand. But I'm so happy right now seeing that come in like it's making me feel so good. Dude, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Cause like that, that is brutal. And the fact that you were able to like, you know, bootstrap the hell out of yourself to actually make it through that really, really tough time to now get back to a point to where now you're like projecting a quarter of the amount of losses you were expecting. That's phenomenal. Right. Congrats. Right. That's like, that's not yeah. an easy thing to do whatsoever. I mean, like anytime that somebody's in a, uh, a dire business situation to where you're losing money and you can kind of like see the barrel of the gun starting to make its way towards you, it starts to get really, yeah. really you really fast i bet that was some tough times and i bet you do feel like you're on cloud nine now man so yeah happy for you thank you yeah so um did you end up you said you called off a few of those uh like bad units and do you think it was also because now like with your having less losses do you think that there was a lot of people that kind of like hopped into the airbnb game after like 2020 and then some other people started getting out of it are there still just as many units in chicago or you know what was kind of the, yeah. the process behind so the story the story on that is uh, the story nationally is not representative of what my local niche market is, you know, gotcha. and at the end of the day, I don't care what's happening national. I kind of, I kind of do kind of don't, but all I care is about my business. Right. Mm -hmm. So nationally, what was going on during COVID was, um, these like 
urban markets were losing units. And then this, these like Smokies and uh, Scottsdale markets, Texas markets, like uh, Florida markets where things were open and the demand was going there. So people were adding units there to um, cover the demand that was there. But all of a sudden things were coming back to normal in other cities, right? Um, like mask mandates were going away. There's people wanting to go back to the big cities. So all of a sudden the demand is leaving there, but the supply is still in those markets. And now everyone's saying I'm not making money and Airbnb is a lie. Airbnb bust. And um, this business is a scam. You know, mm -hmm. there was all those people on Instagram um, popping up with the Lamborghinis saying that like, Hey, I have five units. I can make you rich, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that was happening. So uh, in, in my market, it's a different story. So in my market, you know, there was a 50% reduction in supply right when COVID hit. Well, so what had happened was COVID hit plus the regulations changed. Um, and it made it almost like super difficult to um, list in uh, my market. And at the same time, people were like, okay, this is like over with, let's, let's get out of this business. So 50% reduction right off the bat. And then all of a sudden um, supply is coming back over the years. But now with the new regulations um, in place, it makes it very difficult for people to um, run the business. And then with that being said, um, we're adding units and we're coming back to 2019 levels, um, mm -hmm. which is like still really good. You know, I'm not above Probably my 2019 levels. levels yeah. yeah, but like it, it kind of sucks. Now we're back at 2019 levels. I was watching. I slowly saw that go back up, you know, um, and at the same time, my demand is like a, a roller coaster up and down. Like it's it's it was weird. It was like okay, COVID obviously low demand, and all of a sudden pent up demand, crazy style in winter, and then fatigue, and then crazy low demand, and then now this year stable demand. When I was worried that the demand was going to be bad all year, um, because my summer was down from the previous year, um, but now my winter is not as bad. So it's like more more stable of what I was expecting. And like you try to take your historicals and try to uh, forecast for the future. But every year has been dang different for me. You know, it's like, it's like, how the hell do I forecast my future? And I'm always wrong. I'm all, like, yeah. it's like, it's like, I'm always wrong. And uh, last year I was wrong and it hurts. And this year I was wrong and I feel good right now, you know? <laughs> um, so it's like, uh, with that being said, um, at, also at the same time, like Chicago demand year over year, was the worst in the country. Hmm. Um, like on Air DNA, it would show a table and it was like, I can't remember the last, last place one. It was like New Orleans or something. And then the second to last was Chicago. And uh -huh. then, so like, uh, so then that scared the crap out of me too all summer. I'm like, damn, um, the, the whole the market, national market is doing good and Chicago's the worst, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. But then from, yeah, a, so from it's a like this up and level. down roller coaster feeling, <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on all the time, right? But like, I just know what, I have going on in front of me. That's what I worry about, for sure. Side, um, you said the you talked about regulations in Chicago changing. Have you done any medium term yeah. rentals there? So I've tried. I'm in, I'm always open. I have the product, right? I, I don't care if you stay in one month, two months, two days, five days, right? So if you want it at the price that I'm offering, um, then take it. Uh, my problem is my pricing model is geared towards short term stays. So when you add up all the like the 30 days or whatever, like it ends up having a, a huge premium. So I'm not competing with um, the people that just focus on those midterm stays. But there's like companies like big VC back company like Blue Ground. Um, they have like 700 units here. And uh, how can I compete with A-class buildings 
and I don't even know if they're guaranteeing rent because so sometimes I see the amounts they're charging is like way less than rent where I was like, man, I want to stay here for a month in the winter time. Like mm -hmm. what's like $1,500 when the rent is like 3,500. Um, so it's like, I, uh, I try, but I don't get that, um, those people, you know, and it's easy to say like, you know, during your slow period, just, you know, take, take long-term stays, midterm stays one month and you'll cover your cold cash flow. Uh, yeah. You know, I wish, you know, if that would feel as easy as that, then I'll never be negative in the winter time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. I, I do uh medium terms here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, but you know, my rent prices are so like my rent price for my one arbitrage unit that I have is like 950 bucks. And so yeah, you know, yeah. easily charge that to a travel nurse and you're still making good money. And so I, I, me being in healthcare, I just kind of focused in on the medium term side of things. And I was still, right. you know, a full-time w2 at that time so yeah uh i like the medium term model but it's definitely a stretch i've had some students that have come to me and they're like hey i'd like the medium term arbitrage and i'm like you better be in a pretty cheap market to try and do that you yeah. know if you're in a market that's demanding you know like 1800 2200 for a unit like your your yeah. your margins are going to be way too thin to be able to do right. that and like that calendar gap if between two reservations is like mm -hmm. tough too you know it's like it's 100%. like are you going to fill it in between with short-term stays then like you got to do yeah. something right so who's kind of your uh, your ideal like guest avatar that's coming through? Is it just like people visiting Chicago or is it like, you know, business travels coming and staying for a week or? Yeah. So depending on it's all the mix, everything, you know, yeah. um, it's just basically anybody that would stay at a hotel would stay at my place, too. You know, I focus majority on leisure because mm -hmm. I'm not in, you know, business districts. But there are some units that I have like in business district or suburbs where there's like a lot of corporations there. So um yeah it's mostly leisure and it's uh like chicago is so big and like we have a north side of chicago that you know like where the cubs play and where mm -hmm. the colleges are um not everybody needs to go to downtown all the time and that's where like all the hotels are and stuff yeah. so uh people the people that work in downtown live in these areas so when people come visit them they want to uh, visit them where they like live you know um mm -hmm. the rents are still high you know like two thousand dollar rents going mm -hmm. up to like 4,000, 4,500 too, you know, depending on how nice the places are. Yeah. So um, that, that's kind of like uh, the type of people that come. It could be anything, you know, um, yeah. leisure, like sometimes locals for certain situations, like they're doing construction on their unit. There's a problem in their unit, you know, uh, divorce. Like there's a lot of um, reasons why people need this type of inventory. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's say that you could, you know, go back and like wave a magic wand and go back, you know, five years or something like that. Would yeah. you still start with the arbitrage model and build it up to the level where it's at now? Or do you think that you would have tried to maybe like have a little bit of a, a split between purchasing and arbitraging, you know, whenever you were kind of earlier on in your career? So um, one thing is like management, I did not like at all from an operation perspective but it's way less risky and it's a model that you could actually sell to somebody else and you know you could exit yeah so um but would i go to that model i still can't even see myself doing that now you know i really don't like people bothering me i get shit from my land sorry for swearing i get, I get <laughs> stuff from my uh, landlords um sometimes and it takes a toll on me sometimes you know yeah. but they're professionals too. Like, okay, if I resolve it, if, if I, you know, fix the problem, then they're okay. But like, you know, I can't deal with those personalities of, um, like a customer, you know, yeah. I like dealing with like, um, high level people. Um, so, so, you know, I scaled to the point I'm at 300 units now, but 
you know, I've touched 600 units so far. So it's not like, oh, I just add one, add two, and I'm out to 300 now. You know, yeah. it's been like uh, 600, you know, so I've earned 600, you know. So there are um, situations that have happened to me with with other landlords where they don't like my business, where um, I did the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. uh, one guest can ruin a million dollar portfolio with the landlord. You know, I've had crazy crap happen to me, you know, mm -hmm. um, and if I could go back in time and fix those things and keep my whole inventory, I'll be double my business, $20 million. I'll, you know, I'll be living life. Yeah. But like, that's just how business is. It's never perfect. Right. Yeah. Uh, in COVID, you know, in March, March, 2020, when COVID happened, I was at 180 units wow. and, you know, COVID hit me like a brick wall overnight, like flights stopped, Airbnbs refunding everyone's reservations. Uh, I was taking losses from the winter. I was growing in the winter and taking on debt at the same time. So I was like negative $500,000 in hitting my spring break. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, knockout punch COVID. And, uh, you know, you, you owe $500,000 of rent uh, and you have zero dollars. <laughs> like Sorry, whoa, these, wow. these numbers are ridiculous to the yeah, to, yeah. To, most people listening they're trying to get zero to ten the numbers yeah. you're throwing around are insane it's really yeah. it's really ridiculous i gotta uh, ask honestly, you another question yeah yeah it's like i, I gotta ask another sometimes it's like monopoly money it's like numbers on a spreadsheet to be honest sometimes like uh it, um yeah i i don't even fathom it you know <laughs> <laughs> it, it's great. It's crazy. So I, what I, what I, I realized that there's a question I forgot to ask you. And that question is the, the buildings that you bought, you said you wanted to buy more, but the buildings that you did buy, yeah. did you put long-term rentals in there? Did you put Airbnb? Did you turn it into an Airbnb? what you so, do yeah, with those? So, with, with those yeah. So it's a, it's a mix because of regulation issues. You can only have so many um, Airbnbs in a building. And um, then I had family situations happen and I needed some uh, one of the units. So like it's like one point one percent of my portfolio or whatever. It's so small. So I really don't even care about those units. I don't even think about them. It's like my whole entire business is what matters. Um, so, yes, yeah, some long term family situations, some Airbnbs. Gotcha. So but for minimal, me, minimal for units. Me, I, I've got uh, uh, seven medium terms and one uh, long term, and so like, and then I'm already like, you know, hiring a VA to help me take care of stuff, and now I'm feeling like a wuss because you're telling me 300 doors, you know. So like, yeah. what kind of systems and processes do you have to have behind a machine like this, man? I mean, like, how many people, how many employees do you have? How did you like figure out how to have SOPs and like, you know, it, there, there's got to be a pretty big system behind this. Yeah. So. Uh, today I have 75 people helping me in my business. Oh my gosh. Uh, maybe a month ago I had a hundred people. Um, so I took a reduction. Um, and I could tell you why a long story short, it was because, um, I, I added a whole bunch of employees and VAs during the pent up demand time, thinking mm -hmm. that I was going to get to 400 units and thinking that I was going to get to, you know, $17 million of revenue where, um, I wanted to create a dream organization to um, help me get there. So I started hiring a whole bunch of on-site staff and a whole bunch of VAs to get me that dream team. But all of a sudden I had like cash flow issues. I had lower expected demand and then I had a reduction of units. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my, my margins are so thin now because of all the people I hired. I need to take layoffs. Like I had to, yeah. you know, so um, I had reduced. 
Um, and then what's funny is like um, I, we were they were all worried about like how they're going to run the current operations. And then like one weekend, it's like business as normal, like nothing like I haven't heard anything like everything's working like perfectly fine. So that yeah. should go to show you how much waste there was and how I was riding that waste for so long. What like a big loss of money that I, I could have avoided if I took action earlier, but I didn't see it happening until I saw it happen, you know. Yeah. Um, so now with those uh, current people, I have 35 people in the Philippines. Uh, I started my business in the Philippines. Like it was uh, my first hire was right away before I had less than 10 units. Um, and I actually hired two two VAs because I was like, well, if one sucked, then the other one would uh, cover it. And then one did suck, you know. So everything I started hiring, I'm hiring in twos, you know, just in case like um, one, I never want to train again. Um, and because of that, I've never trained for the last seven years. You know, I did it once maybe. And then all of a sudden now they just train them with them themselves. They create the SOPs. They create the procedures. We have um, whatever softwares they're using to like um, figure out like uh, the, the teaching of it and the brain of all of my entire business. Um, so um, but my team in Philippines runs the whole back end of my business. They're the brains of everything. They're the smartest people, hard, hardest workers with the lowest cost to spend on them. So my Philippines range from $5 to $12 an hour. You know, the $12 an hour have been with me for four or five years now. And uh, my team in Philippines is broken up into operations, finance, revenue management, IT slash onboarding. And in operations is my biggest organization where it has, you know, my um, guest services, guest communications, checking guests in. Um, the maintenance issues to the landlords, scheduling the cleaners, purchasing the supplies, screening the guests, which is like all different teams within that. And then my finance team, I have maybe four resources in finance. Um, they're handling all my accounts payable to my landlords, to my uh, utilities. They're handling my bookkeeping. They're handling my financial reporting, uh, like my P&Ls, my balance sheets, my QuickBooks, all that stuff. And then they handle like uh, forecasting for expenses. And uh, um, so, and then they um, look at all my leases and my renewals and they handle all, all my backend finance stuff to make sure that I'm, I'm on track and controlling my business where it gives me the confidence to, um, you know, pull triggers and in investments because I know what's going on. I'm forecasting what's going to happen so I can take action. Um, I have my revenue management team. It's one resource is based out of here. And the one is like the reporting side um, based out of Philippines. And they're handling my pricing and my Tableau dashboards and showing like how my um, demand is coming in and how we need to change pricing. And they work on my price labs. I don't know if you're familiar with the price labs um, software. And um, then I have people like onboarding units at all times, setting up the utilities, uh, setting up the uh, property management softwares, setting up the pricing softwares, uh, uploading the pictures, creating the Airbnb content, the, the VRBO content, the Expedia content, Boogie.com content. And then um, they're handling their licensing and registration. So each team has their role and, uh, you know, each team has like their, their senior manager <clears throat> and it trickles down to the team leads. I'm running it like a small business or like a corporation. Um, I use a system called EOS um, mm. from the book called Traction. Um, I hired an implementer and, you know, I basically my job on a weekly basis is my L10 meeting. And that's hour and a half worth of work, which is like exhausting as heck because I have to make decisions on the spot that I think about all week. And then besides that is my relationships with my landlords to make sure that like, we're on track 
we're doing the right thing. We're not causing problems. We're adding units, things like that. So that's kind of like how my like life is. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask then. I was like, so it sounds like you've very, you've done a phenomenal job systematizing the back end. So then what does like Syed's day-to-day look like for the most part? Yeah. Is it just like trying to go out and, you know, obtain new leases, make new connections and do that yeah. side of things that only you can do? Yeah. So uh, my big thing is L10 is what I do. And then my landlord relationships, but I'm not constantly going out there to grow. Um, I'm just constantly just making sure like my current business doesn't like blow up. Um, you know, a lot of my weeks were like how I manage my stress and waiting for the next like uh, thing that was like the next fire that's going to like take me down. And that happens so often. Um, but like people say like, oh, you have an amazing life, amazing days. Like you don't do anything. You just go to the gym. You just, you know, have fun. And it looks like your life is amazing. But yeah, I mean, I'm still stressed as heck. You know, my stress levels are like to the next level and I have to do these things to like make sure I don't like, you know, uh, go crazy. And uh, I it's like choose what you want to do. If you want to go to your nine to five job and check out the second you go home and then not have to worry about it and make your nice salary and not uh, have like your nice home, nice cars, whatever you could do that. And uh, I don't have to go to a job, you know, but I handle 100 times more stress than you handle, you know lawsuits here lawsuits there landlord pissed off fire in a building landlord terminating 35 um, units landlord adding late fees for the past three years because you got into a problem like it's like crazy stuff regulation changes um the city comes uh gives you some tickets for something but then you wonder is it one ticket or is going to be like 100 tickets like because um you know there's always something that is like going to take me under and I'm just like sitting back in my room waiting for the next thing to happen and then, uh, you know, taking action. So like do what you want in life. You know, if you want one way, if you want the easy way, I would say that's the easy way. Getting a job is the easy way. My way is not easy. My day might be a little easier than yours, but it's not easy. You know, uh, you can, then, choose, like, you can choose, you can choose what to, uh, how to spend your day, but it doesn't right. mean that 1130 on a Saturday night, you, you're going to, some landlord's going to call you pissed off and be like, there's a, beeping party you know shut it down right now uh and you're out with your friends (laughs) yeah right uh and then lately um i started creating a personal brand and that's kind of kept me busy now and gives me like uh productivity and makes me start you know going to the gym more because i want to look good in these podcasts and taking care of my skin and like you know like uh dressing nicer and things like that which is good you know it's it's a it's a good thing to have this type of business because it makes you a better person when you're out out and about and going places you know so um this has been keeping me busy right like like doing a podcast like you know this podcast takes an hour, but you know, it's like a hour or two of preparation before, you know, you got to look clean, you got to look good. You got to get your hair cut, everything. Right. So you got to do, um, do it all. in before. So um, I like this, you know, I like this type of model and I don't know where I'm going to take it. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but at least I'm starting now, you know? Yeah. I think that, that's a good, that's a good kind of segue into one of the questions we like to ask towards the end is like, what do you think, like what's 12 months from now look like? And then like, what's five years from now look like, are you going to build this up to a yeah. thousand? units or are you going to start to like maybe pivot into some other stuff or like what's kind of like the the 12 month and the five-year picture so uh initially i wanted to get to four five hundred units and make 20 million dollars of revenue but because of the some of the blows i've taken in my business and the stress that has caused me like i just want this like 300 unit business and just like leave me the hell alone um make give me my million dollars a year of profit and like uh don't bother me don't sue me yeah. don't don't uh you know take me under let me be um 
Yeah. So it's like, but then ask me in six months, I might get some opportunity and like, okay, I'm at 354. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, um, uh, you, my motivations change every, like sometimes something happens to me, my confidence level changes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm okay with where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone through a little too much to like, uh, like I was really risky back in the day, but cause I had nothing to lose, but now I have something to lose and I don't want to lose it now. You know? So mm -hmm. I was just like, uh, I'm I'm okay where I'm at right now, and I don't want to maybe go to this like crazy number because maybe the tenth landlord like puts me under because mm -hmm. I um, did something wrong and he could sue me and I'm liable and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um. So we'll see about that. But um, to offset some of my like cash flow problems and like risks, I'm like, all right, let's create a personal brand. Um, what can I do with it? Can I um, create courses? Can I create mentoring, coaching, and stuff? I have a a, a good friend, a colleague that is killing it in the like uh coaching and mentoring game and he's the one that convinced me to create Who's a that? personal brand uh hamza zuffer i don't know if you guys know him oh yeah i recently i recently found him he's cool yeah he's cool he actually motivates me a lot he makes me want to run through a wall because uh, i'm competitive and like when i see him in person i'm like i'm like what are you doing so i want to do better than you you know um so and he's the same way as me um his personal brand was way high but his actual business was lower and all of a sudden his business is way high and his personal brand is way high. So like, he's like past me now, you know? Mm. Um, so it's like, now I got to catch up a little bit, but nice, man. Um, so tell yeah, us a little so, like, about the program. We want to highlight that for you. Like what, what, what's kind of stuff you're getting into yeah. and, like anybody yeah. that's interested so they can get a hold of you. Yeah. So like I'm on Instagram now and that's where I have my personal brand. So if you follow me at Syed BNB, S Y E D BNB, you could see like my life story and like, um, problems that I go through sometimes, like obviously the flexing that happens when you're running this business too, or else, you know, nobody's interested if you don't have a Lamborghini now, you know? <laughs> um, so um, I have a little bit of that going on and uh, I haven't launched the product yet. Um, I have something cooking in the back. Um, I will launch it soon. And then that's when people, if they're interested, they could, you know, um, you know, purchase my course or, you know, want to engage in more coaching that I can help them build this business because I have gone through it all, you know, and I've gone through it for many years and, you know, I know what I'm doing. I, I say, I know I'm what I'm doing more than anybody else. Right. Um, so Dude, that's kind of how my mind. You, I, I mean, you probably have what 10 X more units than anybody we've had on here. Yoni probably somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, like you're, you, you just from strictly from a number standpoint, you're dealing with more shit than anybody we've had on here by far. And so right. systems and processes, if somebody wants to learn systems and processes, you're going to be the guy for a man. Like, yeah. And uh, what I really respect is that you did, you know, kind of, you know, tell us about some of the, you know, the backside of things, you know, the spot that's not on the Instagram where it's like the crap where you have to have, you know, negative months and stuff like that. So, you know, you can tell that you're a, a legit guy that, you know, you, you come off cross and you tell how it is like, well, this is what the business is going to be like. If you want to get into it, get into it, but, you know, be ready to, you know, get beat up a little bit. And that's awesome. I appreciate right. it. Cool, man. All right. Well, let's start. Uh, we'll get into some of our uh, closing questions here. So uh, what I like to ask is, um, do you have somebody that's been like in the real estate space or the Airbnb space specifically or anything like that? That's been kind of a mentor that helped you kind of get rolling and moving forward. Um, so not too much in the Airbnb space spe specifically um, for my colleagues. Like I, I do have a good group of colleagues that are in the business that have some skilled businesses and i do take their advice um but there's not like one individual that has like mentored me to um have me become where i'm at mm -hmm. um what i like doing is i like um 
talking to my landlords because my landlords actually motivate me because how big they made their businesses, like 5,000 unit property management businesses. And just the way they talk, I just like listening in, like how they're had, they handle conversations, like the way they talk about rates. Like, I just like, like, I don't even know what you're saying, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And I really get motivated by them and what they're doing. Um, but then, uh, like I said, from a personal branding space, like Hamza has motivated me and mentored me to a point where it's like, okay, you know, he gave me his time. Like, you should do this. I'll give you like 30 minutes of my time to ask all your questions. And he has motivated me to, um, you know, start this personal brand or else I would, you would have never known who I was because I'm behind the scenes. You know, I didn't want people to know what I was doing. So he has been my mentor. And like, yeah, I copy like a lot of stuff that he's been doing, you know, and um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Cool, man. I think I think it was a wise decision to do it because um, I, I see no downside in putting yourself out there. The amount of people that you're going to attract that are like you or can help you accomplish your next goal and your next goal or fix your next problem. I mean, we don't have the amount of units that you have, but we have met people that have helped us materially, like in the physical real estate world through just this. Right. So kudos to you for taking the plunge and, when, and making the mindset shift it's pretty amazing because i know guys that would never do it and they would never think to never do it and they're missing out because they got all right. these units and if they just talked about it showed them whatever it would be obviously obviously help them do the next thing well i yeah. mean yeah we talked about like the importance of networking and now you're like networking with a you know a machine gun out there because then it's just going out <laughs> thousands millions of people you know what i mean like it's all over the place so right. it, yeah it can never hurt you know making connections with people that you didn't even know you're going to make a connection with because then at the next real estate meetup you go to they might be like oh shoot i saw this guy on instagram yes. go talk to him or something like that you know so then it just you know getting yourself a little bit more aware in the market that you're in it's it's never a bad thing yeah like people um, because they see your personality on social media, they um, it's as if you're their friend already without them ever meeting you, you know, and they recognize you and they want to talk to you and um, you become a little more popular at these conferences and stuff. So it, it's been a cool experience, you know, and I, I started talking to people on Instagram in Dubai and, you know, Pakistan and like different countries and like um, I potentially might meet the guy in Dubai because my goal is to like go there for some time, you know. So it's like uh, super cool. It's like it's like your resume of life on like there, you know, and anybody who wants to do business with you just scrolls through, you know, say mm -hmm. I end up saying that, like, OK, you know, I want to raise money for this hotel. Um, who's interested? And people will trust me now because they've mm -hmm. heard me, you know, and I might be able to raise money much quicker than I could ever even imagine um, by just making a post. You know, I don't know where this is going to take. Course. But of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course, like what Brandon right. of says, you know, people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And the easiest right. way to at least get people to know you, probably like you, and then trust you because you've been showing what you're doing behind the scenes and stuff like that, it's 100% social media. I heard uh, right. he was telling somebody one time that he was talking to this old timer that was in like his, you know, 70s or something like that. And he was like a big time syndicator back in the day. Like he would raise all this capital and blah, blah, blah. But he said he would spend like 150 days a year on the road. And he was like, I was going mm. to is shaking hands taking people out for steak dinners blah 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 and and he said like the most he ever raised in one year i think was like 10 million dollars or something like that and so then brandon turner like like he does that like per deal that they do you know raising capital <laughs> all i do is just like post on instagram like hey we got a deal you right. know like right. it just makes life 10 times easier right david just to riff a little bit more david and i decided to build a personal brand before we had all the units and kind of were like right. you know we know it's going to help and like for example my building permit here in, ten in, in tennessee I have zero connections here. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. 
have zero zero connections here. Um, a, a guy we interviewed, a Fuad, he's out of Michigan. He's the man. No like a very no Fuad, <laughs> I love Fuad. So for anyone listening or if he's listening, I gave you your flowers online. Um, he he, he uh, through through a connection of his, he got me the building permit, and I I was striking out. Mm-hmm. I was meeting people for an hour, two hours. It would flake. They would disappear. I'd never hear from them ever again. Fuad took care of it. So that's the material example that I give because a building permit's a big deal. Um, and I was going to say one other thing is um, um, my my culture in the in the Jewish culture. There's like a little bit of taboo. They don't like to do the social media thing. And um, and like I I feel socially because I don't have 100 units or 200 units where they would probably leave me alone a little bit. I get a little bit of those like stares and. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, <laughs> that right. guy, you know, but you know what? They're all losing because, yeah, it, yeah, some of those people like they, they could be doing that. You know, I don't know if you've experienced yeah. that something similar, but oh, hopefully we can, we can. In my community, it's the same yeah. same thing. And uh, you get initially everyone that's nosy and then um, they want to see what you're doing. Um, and then then they say, oh, you shouldn't be posting like that. But, uh, you know, I want to be able to live my life to its fullest potential. If I have the opportunity to make X amount of dollars and bring this amount of effect to the world, I am going to take action and do it. If you want to stay behind the scenes um, and have a normal life, that too, that's fine. Good for you. But I'm going to do something different. It's my motto. I love that. I love that. I love that. Full throttle the whole way. Because yeah. talk about losing four months of time. This actually kind of buys back some of that time because those people – you know, how many networking events would it take? But you have this evergreen thing that's always going, that's always reaching out to people and people can follow you. It's great. Um, yeah. David, I don't know what where we left off. I'm sorry if we uh, riffed too long. We're just rolling, man. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think next thing we would get into, I'm not sure if you're a reader or not, or you like podcasts. So we uh, usually say like, what's like a big, uh, big pivot book that you've read in the past or like a podcast that you've really dug into that if somebody was looking to like get into the business space or real estate or whatever, they could maybe start following that or read. So I haven't been in the space in a long time, but I did get started with that. You know, I listened to the Bigger Pockets podcast. I was so interested. Like, um, it would, you know, in my commute to work, like forty-five minutes, like it would be nice to like listen to. And uh, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad got me like so motivated. But like, uh, I don't have a commute anymore, and uh, I haven't read anything at all. So, um, if all it takes is that one book, one podcast to get you there, then that's great. So that's kind of where it, uh, I have my. Um, start to the podcast and book world for many years ago i wonder i wonder what percentage of people if they could like you know go into the real estate world and be like what percentage of people was it rich dad poor dad and then bigger pockets was how you got i bet it'd be 75 percent of people yeah (laughs) i agree awesome love it okay um and then the last question which we kind of touched on a little bit is just like where can people find more or well i guess two-part question is are you having sort any sort of like issues in your business that listeners potentially could help you with and then how is the best way for them to reach out to you so issues in my business is more my personal brand i'm looking to grow it um, I'm looking to monetize it at some point i'm looking to network so um the biggest issue is growth so if you want to follow me uh, follow me at Syed BNB, S-Y-E-D BNB, and um, connect with me. Talk to me. Um, hopefully, I get to meet you in person at some type of conference. Amazing. Love it, dude. All right. Well, uh, I think we, we've gone over our time limit a little bit, so we will uh, make sure we're respectful of your time, and we'll get you out of here uh, relatively on time. Yoni, you got anything else before we get Syed out of here? You're a huge beast. 
<laughs> that's it thanks <laughs> all right cool side anything else before we get you out of here bud i'm good thank you guys so much it was a good time i appreciate amazing. it amazing thanks for coming on your side we appreciate it uh it's been another episode of the fetch it podcast peace